So for those of you just listening, <laughs> I'm not, you you go ahead. You talk about it. I, I'm just going to yeah, sit yeah. here and laugh and make jokes. I don't have m- many details, but someone Brandon knows on a department that he knows this guy where this guy works um, went on a call for service at some house as and was caught masturbating in the dining room or something. I don't know. So my question to Brandon was one, a valid question. Was the complainant hot? I mean, that's, sometimes like, you just got to rub first, one out. That's the first question everybody had was, <laughs> I mean, was she at least hot or right. is, this, is it like, I'm just really confused. <laughs> so... Hi, Brandon. Can you actually hear the music this time? Hey, it's really broken up. It comes in waves. (laughs) So do my emotions. Or buckets. So does my drinking I come in buckets, but my emotions come in waves. I think you get suspended for that. At least it wasn't the kitchen floor. (laughs) Or the dining room table? No, (laughs) yeah, that's what the article said, that, that table. So I shared that with a Son number of a... people. And they're like, where did he get caught? I'm like, I have no idea. In the house somewhere? Maybe he was in the yep. dining room. Yep. Yeah. What was that about? I don't know. I don't want to know. I, I don't want to be involved. I just know did it was you... a guy from my academy class. Was this chick hot? I was lived in the house? That was my question. Thank God she was a legal adult. Yeah. That's all I'll say. I can't imagine. Like, the not other that way that around. makes it any better, but it makes it slightly no. less terrible. Like, because if that was a kid, he'd need to be shot. Can we, do we know the context of the initial call for service? I do. <laughs> I don't Damn, think it's been released and I'm not talking about it. Damn. Yeah. So, for those of you just listening, <laughs> I'm not. You you go ahead. You talk about it. I'm just going to sit here and laugh and make jokes. I don't have many details, but someone Brandon knows on a department that he knows this guy where this guy works um, went on a call for service at some house as and was caught masturbating in the dining room or something. I don't know. So my question to Brandon was one, a valid question, was the complainant hot? I mean, that's, sometimes like, you just got to rub first, one out. That's the first question everybody had was, <laughs> I mean, was she at least hot or right. is, this, is it like, I'm just really confused. <laughs> so, oh my God. Um, so that, that happened. So Brandon knows of this department. So he sent me the link because, you know, and then I sent Brandon a video clip which I didn't get a response back from, but it's I'm, my favorite. I'm very sorry because it came through as I was pulling into the driveway and okay. I was gassed. I was going straight to bed. It's one of my favorite lines from any movie that I've been repeating for 35 years since the movie came out. And it's Tom Cruise and his car from a few good men saying, and the hits just the keep hits on just coming. Keep on coming. <laughs> That's after Demi Moore tells him that he's going, she's going with him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I had to send that to you because I was just laughing inside and outside. Yeah, that was. Uh, for... <laughs> Wait for the next shoe to drop. 
like uh, there's more shoes at that department that are dropping than Imelda Marcos had in her closet. Oh my god, dude, it's been a rough couple weeks. Like we <laughs> like oh, all the officers. Like come on, it's an organization full of trained investigators. Like we're gonna figure some stuff out. Um, like we've known about all this stuff from the second anyone else did. Sure. And it's like all of us have been waiting. Like, all right, when's he going to hit the news? When's he going to hit the news? And then like during a press conference, like some reporter like actually brought it up. Like, what about the reports of this? And the like the AC just was like, well, it's not assault. It's misconduct. Let's, let's please get that part. <laughs> right. I'm like, it's not much better. It's not. Well, it, and then it like got ignored. Like it didn't go out for like a week after that. Wow. Well, they had other things pending, like yeah, you know, there were a maybe couple some other, uh, other incidents to deal with. <laughs> uh, wow, you've had a interesting month, I'll say, at uh, yeah, that police yeah, department yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's you know fun. about. It's that been interesting. Is near you and close to your heart, near and dear. Yeah. So we started off with that story. What else you got going on at your work this week? Cinco de Mayo. You were regretting it coming up. Oh, no. I love Cinco. It's always. Oh, wait. It's me that regrets that kind of shit. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. To me, Cinco is like the most fun work night ever. Um, It does suck when you're on patrol and answering calls for service for 12 hours. But I got to experience it from a swing shift perspective. And what our department does is swing shift. All of Swing Shift for 12 hours is dedicated to the event, to Cinco, to downtown operations and Eastside operations because Eastside has a very, very heavy uh, Hispanic population and they get wild. Eastside! And then downtown, I mean, it's downtown. Stupid stuff happens because okay. that's where everyone goes. So usually Swing Shift is dedicated to, as a mobile field force, uh, racer enforcement, parking uh, or traffic control and then uh and you just that's what you do for it well they took a little bit of a different approach this year they're like you know what? we want to set the tone because last year it got out of hand so they said look these people are going to be on uh, traffic diversion and when it gets heavy we're going to call for a traffic diversion and you guys are going to go to your spots and you're going to set up and we're going to you know control traffic that way so we don't get a gridlock situation that leads to a sideshow the rest of you are going to be on racer enforcement and all you are going to do, all of you, until we call for traffic diversion, all you are going to do is rip stops. If it moves, stop it. If you can cite it, cite it. If you can tow it, tow it. Now, this kind of, I started watching the new show on HBO called We Own This City. I can't wait to watch it. It's next and what you're describing... There. Sounds like what Baltimore was doing back then in the 2010s. That's probably not good. Uh, <laughs> if we're getting compared to Baltimore, it's <laughs> probably not good. But let's face it. Because they're clearing corners and just pulling guys off the corner, gangbangers and drug dealers and shit. And they're like, if we, once we get them off the corners, they're not shooting somebody tonight or getting shot. And then one of the guys is like, well, what, what are we charging them with? And they're like, what well, are some bullshit charges? And we'll let the... DA drop them and then they just get released the next day. But that night, at least there's been no shooting. So they're just randomly collecting people. Anyone that's out, they scoop them up illegally and just (laughs) bring them to the PD. I mean, if you have probable cause to make an arrest, it's not really all that illegal. 
they they were just pulling people off the street. Well, okay, that's different. Yeah. Like we. So still you're had saying to have, if you if you can pull them over, pull them over. If you've got yeah, the I mean, let's face CD it. hanging from the mirror, there's a good yeah. one. Yeah, if right. you've got some dangly shit from your mirror obstructing your vision, yeah, I'm going to pull you over. If you don't have mud flaps, yeah, I'm going to pull you over. Well, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down to the mud flap thing. I don't understand yeah. that one. You don't understand the mud flap one? If I don't have mud flaps on my car, you're going to pull me over? So if more, <clears throat> excuse me, if more than half of your tire is exposed, so like lifted trucks, right? Yeah. If more than half of your tire tread is exposed, you are required by California Vehicle Code to have mud flaps if your tire extends beyond the body of your truck and or vehicle and you do not have fender flares you are required right. to have mud flaps if you do not have mud flaps i can pull you over what if you don't have fender flares do you have mud flaps no fuck the mud flaps and no, no fender flares you. i'm just then egregiously then driving down the street with big ass tires then i'm gonna pull you over boy now we got the bumper height thing for trucks that are lifted. They have to lower their bumper because it has to be yeah. no less than twenty four yeah, inches off the ground. Okay. Yeah, you got to have like the mounting of the license plate x amount, like between, like there's a range that it has to be. Okay. So, so basically, I told I told my regular look. I'm not going to. Well, tell wait, you. hold on. The first thing you told him to do was not masturbate in someone's kitchen. Then you told him this. Well, I, I, yeah. Apparently, I, you know, I used to think that went without saying. <laughs> but I looked her in the eye. I said, "Hey." No jerking off. Right. Well, no flicking the bean because it's a woman. No, no. We're not DJ Diddles. We're not doing any of that. No bean flicking. None of that. So I said, all right. Now, this is the way I do things on Cinco de Mayo weekend or these high visibility weekends where there's high probability for shenanigans. If I pull you over, you're getting a ticket. I don't give warnings. Wow. No, but this is your car. I'm not going to mark you down. However, I expect tickets. And she looked at me, okay. She's very <laughs> quiet. Like, she doesn't yeah. say a whole lot. Okay. And that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's fine, but like, then I start saying random shit just to get a reaction out of her. Right. Because she's 23. She's the same age as my little sister. It's weird. Oh, yeah. Because you're older now. So Yeah, because I'm 35. So Boy, we go out there and, and she just started ripping. Us. I mean, it was fun because we were just out there. We didn't have to worry about calls for service or anything like that. Yeah, that would be it's fun. It's just go out there and make as many stops as you can. I think uh, for the entire weekend, at least um, as far as the just enforcement stuff went from us, we let's see here. Uh, we seized 16 illegally possessed firearms, 32 felony arrests, wow, and 467 traffic citations with dozens of vehicles impounded from sideshow activity. Damn. Now, do you guys, when we impound a vehicle, we also, there's a $500 impound fee that they have to pay to the village before they get their car back. Then they go pay the tow company has, separate. I, yeah, I, the tow company has their own thing, but I don't think they have to pay the city anything. I also you don't know for missing sure. out on some serious revenue. Yeah, well, well you would know because you have to kinder, fill out paperwork. We're a kinder, gentler department that looks for every excuse to not tow cars. But okay. on very rare occasions, they go, you know that little memo that we sent out after you passed probation because you were towing everything for six months in a day so that you could search cars? <laughs> 
Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah you can start towing cars again for everything. Like, sweet. <laughs> nice. Because that's what we would do. We're like, hey, man, can I search your car? No. All right, well, I mean, your registration's super expired, so I'm going to tow your car. I'm going to do an inventory of it. That's not a Just, towing offense on our department. Our is, if you are six months and one day expired, I can tow your car. Oh, you, yeah, there has to be a stipulation. You're six months and one day. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, your registration just expired. Right. I can tow your car. No, that's a dick move. But they were saying it was disproportionately impacting uh, lower income people. So, like, don't and, do that. I'm like, right. but I can, I still have the legal authority to do it. Mm. Yeah. Right. Oh, that pesky law. <laughs> Getting in the way of helping criminals. All right. So, always anyway, helping so, the criminals. So, on Cinco de Mayo. And I won't get into the management of resources because I don't want my blood pressure to go up. We started out as a... Are you trying to show your tit? No, man. I'm just adjusting myself. You're just my like... Seat. Just, yeah, no, just, I just... Yeah, look at it. Just look I, at it. I'm scratching my back <laughs> on the back of the chair, actually. It looks weird. It looks very don't, sexual don't, in nature. I don't have a back scratcher here, although I got a bunch of wood under here. You should build one. There you there go. There we go. So, wow. We started out making a ton of stops and they called for their uh, traffic diversion. And then basically, we went and met up with our team to start responding to sideshows. And then we jetted down to like the south end of the city, got canceled en route to go back downtown, started going back downtown, got canceled from that to go back to the south end. Landed at the south end, realized, no, 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 they're not here. They're they're actually downtown. Downtown's getting out of hand. So we jammed back through gridlock traffic to get downtown. And what are the sideshows for those people that haven't heard okay, that before? Okay, so if you don't know what a sideshow is, um, it's basically a group of car enthusiasts, we'll call them, uh, take over intersections and do donuts and there's usually guns in the crowd usually results in some sort of violence somebody getting shot stabbed murdered hit by a car it's super dangerous and don't do it the videos I, i'm not gonna lie the videos are fun to watch can you show me where they are i've never seen one they're on youtube just type in like oakland california oakland sideshow sideshow okay. o- oakland sideshow sideshow they do them great um so we finally get downtown start clearing that out and then we get tasked with blocking off one of the numbered streets that crosses the main road that goes through downtown so we're like okay cool and we sit there and we deal with drunk people walking by driving by and then finally we get released from it and we're loading up the cones and all that stuff and we hear <laughs> we hear our SWAT team call out hey priority traffic um we have a person, we just located a, a person shot. And it's like eight blocks from us. So <laughs> I look at her and I go, because we had just both said like, hey, let's go, let's go to the bathroom. Let's go find a bathroom because we both got to pee. And I look at her and I go, eh, just go, just go. Hold it. Yeah. Hold your just pee. Think dry thoughts. So we <laughs> land, she, she finds a wait. And she finds a witness, gets a statement from him. And then I start looking around. And I notice that we're the only ones wearing a patrol uniform. I'm like, hmm. There's a, there's a lot. There's a SWAT guy. There's special ops there. Go grab her. Hey, 
Go get the car. Well, I got to see who's taking the geo let's, or taking the main report. Let's get out of here. <clears throat> I got to find out who's taking the main report so I can tell them what I did. I go, no, 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 go get the car. She said, but I got to go, shut the fuck up and go get the car. She goes and gets the car and I slowly back away. I see one of my buddies that's on the SWAT team. I go, we're, we're leaving. We got a statement. And he starts laughing because he knows exactly what I'm doing. Avoiding and the I paper? Get, I get in the car. I go, you need to drive. <laughs> away. Go, go to the airport. We're going to go pee. Because I knew what was going to happen. We were going to get stuck with the report. Right. And that's not what we were tasked to do. Right. That's, that's for that's for the midnight patrol Regular patrol. to come take. Yeah. So, but that's, special ops is uh, notorious for doing that, where they'll show up to a shooting, do a bunch of stuff, and then when it's time to actually do the work, right. they no, no, slowly no. back away. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> There's nothing to so say. I was... I was joking. I was telling everybody, I go, hey, I pulled a special ops on special ops. I'm like, what do you mean? I go, we showed up. We did all the cool guy shit. We took a statement, and then we got the fuck out. But what does she do with that statement, then forward it to the patrol officer that responded? She she writes it up as a supplemental report to the main report. It gets uploaded with the main report. So, I mean, as a courtesy, we like to tell people, hey, I did this, and they can put sure. it in the report is like hey refer to officer so-and-so's report for further details on this and so we got the hell out of there <laughs> and then uh came back on friday night and we're on on actual cinco we were um assigned over to the east side of santa or of um your your city the east side of the city and on friday night we were actually assigned downtown so oh. With a, we were going to be one of the traffic diversion cars, which on your Friday, it's not a bad gig because very little chance you're going to end up with paper and have to work a lot extra. <laughs> so and I told her, I go, look, I go up until they call for the diversion, you can do whatever you want. You make stops, you can go sit in a parking lot or whatever you want to do. Just remember you are being graded on like self-initiated activity and all this right. other stuff that I have to see. And if I don't see it, I have to write that I didn't see it. And why I didn't see it. So I'd maybe go do some stuff. And she did. She cruised the main drag and just pulled everything over she could. And wrote a ton of tickets. So. Cool. It was a, it was a fun weekend. And then I, uh, the reason we're recording on a Tuesday is because I took Tuesday and Wednesday off. So I don't have any cool stories from there. Yeah. So our podcast might be delayed a day, depending on how much. You'll get over get it. Just so people know why it's late. Because <laughs> we recorded on a late day and I got to go back to work tomorrow night. So so that's it. So Mike, how was how was your week at work? I mean, I did a lot more. Like there was some... Actually, no, I, I'll talk about this real quick. So the night before Cinco, we had... Um, Quattro. No, it, no, not even Quattro. It was Trace. It was Trace uh, oh. de Mayo. Trace de Mayo. Yeah, so a couple of Norteño or not Norteño, a couple of Sereno hoods got shot up by Nortenos. And then on the 4th, Quattro de Mayo, um, Star Wars Day, for those of you normal may the, people. May the Quattro be with you. May the Quattro be with you. Um, <laughs> I was taking my recruiter, and we, we heard in briefing that like one of the Norteño parks got tagged up with a bunch of Sereno stuff. So I'm like, eh, well, let's go check some of our parks and see what's up. And uh, sure enough, our Norteño parks were tagged up with a bunch of Sereno stuff. And I asked her, I go, hey, have you seen any, like, have you ever seen game tagging before? She's like, no, I have no clue what any of this means. I go, cool, get out of the car, let me show you. And I'm explaining every little thing. <clears throat> and I go and I look at another part, 
And I go, uh-oh. She said, what? I go, you see this right here where it says F this guy? <laughs> this this guy? This guy's a somebody. Like a big somebody. Like somebody's going to die over this. Yeah. So. But not a good ready. person. No, so no, just no, a no, shit piece bag, of shit. So who cares? Yeah. <clears throat> hey, Mike. I, I hey. care. I, sure you okay. do. Okay. All lives matter. Uh, yeah, okay. okay. So. You're right. Let's just be politically correct. Check, check your privilege. Okay. Okay. I've got plenty, apparently. <laughs> so. You're, you're like a middle-aged white cop. Male. <laughs> I'm middle-aged? Okay. I hope I don't I mean, have I'm to be 120. Give me the benefit of the doubt, man. Okay. Right. Thanks, man. I'm only halfway through my life. Yeah. You still got, I mean, you're on the downhill portion. That's comforting. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm explaining all this gang graffiti to her. Yeah. And I'm partially trying to, like, scare her <laughs> for Cinco. Because she hears all these horror stories from, like, of course. back in the 90s. And last year got out of hand and because yeah. everyone was coming out from COVID and all that stuff. So, I was kind of sure. I'm like, oh, well, somebody's going to die. She's like, what? I go, yeah. I go, and you know when it's going to happen. It's going to happen tomorrow. Like, that is the perfect time to do it. Because we're going to be busy with everything. Everyone's going to be out and about. Like, someone's going to walk up to another dude in the crowd and just be like, bam, dead. And she's like, what? And, like, I don't, I don't mean to sound like she's a coward or anything, because she's not. No, um, I'm not. But she's just like, You're not implying that, sounds, that. No, like, she's like, that sounds awful. Like, it's going to be. It's going to be real bad. And guess what's going to probably, gonna probably happen right here? <laughs> in front of this graffiti. Yeah. So, like, actually, the shooting that she went to on, on Cinco was actually her first shooting that she'd ever been to. Oh. And I was like, well, see, see? it's not that bad. Right. Says, yeah, it's not. Like, yeah. Get used to seeing yeah. this. Yeah. This is going to happen a lot more. It's going to be a hot summer. Yeah. So, it was fun, though. It was, I, I enjoy the gang stuff because it's interesting to me and. I mean, even the victims are kind of shitheads most of the time. Like, they usually have warrants, no, no. so it's like, yeah, you just take majority of the time. Yeah. So, it's fun. I enjoy it. So, how was, Good. How was your week? Dear? Sad. Oh, that's right, because I, I made a boo-boo in the, in the pre-show. And... No, there's a number of reasons. Um, it was probably one of the saddest weeks in my life. Uh, so Monday night I was off and I went in on Tuesday night and what happened on before Monday, I needed to take the night off. So, uh, we have five guys and my buddy drew had originally had Monday scheduled off because he's on the list for CFD and there was an Academy starting. So he had, he figured he'd schedule some days off in case he needed them. So I wake up Tuesday, and Brandon's going to take a pause here. I'm going to pause because I need Brandon to hear this story. So we'll be right back after this message from Marazzo Woodworking. Hey, are you looking for a flag? I know a guy. He makes awesome flags. Some have lights. Some have police patches on them. Some are as big as five feet wide, which isn't really, really big, because there have been some bigger ones that have been made 
but Mike does those too. Cutting boards, charcuterie boards, games, bar games, you name it. Even Kitchen Islands, which he's building right now. So call Morazzo Woodworking. Now back to the show. I just did an ad. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. <clears throat> no, uh, we'll do write some copy for your business, and I'll do that next. Yeah. <laughs> so freaking. Uh, so Andy's doing 75 hard. I don't know if you've what heard of that? this program. No. <clears throat> so the guy, um, I forget which like supplement company he came up with. We put out a book, it's called 75 Hard, and then you're supposed to, for 75 days, uh, drink a gallon of water, read 10 pages out of a um, like self-betterment or entrepreneurial-style book, um, take a picture of yourself, stick to a diet, and work out twice a day for at least 45 minutes with one of those workouts being outside. So Andy's been, been doing this, and she's on like, She's like almost halfway. She sent me a text. Hey, can you throw down the uh, the yoga blocks for me? Because this is usually, this doubles as like a workout room for us. Right. And so <laughs> I we have an opening at the top of our stairs that I can kind of like toss stuff down into the living room. So I toss one down and she's in the middle of her workout. She saw it coming. And I just tossed it down and she just watches it just wham right on her thigh. <laughs> nice. I thought I was going to hit her in the head. Well, that's what I was like. Okay, well, maybe she just can reach that one. I'll make this one closer. <laughs> Here we go. I'll make it closer to her, to her head. arms that are up by her head. Like, tossing, boom, like ooh, and like she just she's on the ground, just watches it come in. I'm like, just move it, catch it, something. Hopefully, she's not <laughs> teaching kids how to catch baseballs. No, that's my department. Okay, thank God. Oh God. <laughs> So, yeah, it's the, uh, it really is hard. <laughs> Thank God it was just a little foam block. 75 hearts is getting really difficult for her. Yeah. All right. So, Gee, um, <laughs> so the saddest week of so your one life. One of the saddest weeks. Uh, as I'm laughing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> totally unrelated. So, so uh, over the weekend I asked Drew, I, I really needed Monday. So I asked him if he would, if he was going to need that Monday. He said, no. So I was at work on Sunday night and he was off. So I wrote up, I canceled his day off and I put a day off in for me. So now I'm off and he has to come into work. But he wakes up at noon on Monday to a phone call from CFD. You report tomorrow. So now he texts me at noon. I'm sleeping. I get up, I get a message from him. CFD called me. I have to report tomorrow. And I call the DC and he's pissed because now he can't go into work for Monday night shift because he has to be downtown Tuesday morning. And we only have four guys scheduled to work. So now they have to put up for overtime. So it worked out for me because they didn't make me cancel my day and go in. But when I went in on Tuesday, Drew's done. I mean, oh, wow. one of my best friends at the police department, you know, he, I texted him when I got up. Asked him how it went. He said, I'll be in after roll call and, and traffic dies down so I can tell you guys. So he came in Tuesday evening about 8 o'clock, and uh, I helped him empty his locker. So he's a firefighter now, or he's in the academy. All right, and, so we uh, have to hate him. I can't. 
You just, you know, just go pee on his pee on his car. I pee on his fire truck. Yeah, just go pee on his fire um, truck. He he'll be the probie. He'll have to clean it. Yeah. I think you should absolutely do that. So we lost Drew. And now we have four guys on our shift, which is minimum, so no one can take time off. And I'm the low man. That that sucks. Which will mean forcing of overtimes. And sounds like a really good time to retire. (laughs) It really does. (laughs) Uh, We get the rookie uh, who's in FTO on day shift now. He comes to our shift. I'm looking at my calendar. He comes to our shift on the 25th of May. So then we'll be training him on our shift. And he stays on an FTO until August when he gets cut. So we won't have a fifth guy that counts until August. And they're so brilliant at my department that they won't take someone off the day shift, one of the low men, and put them on our shift, which they should do because during the day we have chief, deputy chief, uh, commander, three detectives all in the station with patrol that if there was something that broke, they could go handle. You're still a cop. Grab a fucking car. No, no. If they, there's an emergency, go out and deal with special. it. Specialized, and, yeah. So cannot be disturbed with patrol. So we lost Drew. It ruined the whole week. Um, but a Thursday, I, I had a job interview, which I'll tell you about. So um, when I came back to work for the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, when I was gone on vacation, there's a family that we have in town that's just the shit. They're the shit, one of the shittiest families. Of course, they're like, in the like east side. Not the shit, like in a good way. Not right? the shit, cool way, but like okay. these. So we had a couple calls there for the last few years, and they, I think the, the woman who is the mom, she had a 20-ish-year-old kid, 22-year-old kid. While I was on vacation, shot himself in the head. And this is a good one. Huh. He was having this, he was trying to prove to his girlfriend, he's like, man, if you really love me, he takes the... He takes the magazine out of his semi-automatic pistol. He puts his face right up to her face, so like nose to nose. And he's got the gun up to his head. And he goes, if you really love me, you would let me do this. And he pulls the trigger, but forgot there was a bullet in there. Whoops. <laughs> so That's she was splattered. That's not brain. <laughs> That's stupid. That's Darwinism. That's, That's Darwinism. Uncle Harold said he won the Darwin Award. I already told him yeah. about that one. First place. So this woman lost her son this way. So this weekend on Friday, very I, we, we get a call of an unresponsive male at that apartment. And I'm like, how many are left over there? The fuck? They just leave them there? They forget so, about yeah. <laughs> yes. There's flies and He's maggots. Still dead. So I fly, fly over there, not wanting to even go near this place. And she's like, it's four in the morning. Okay. I walk in with fire, or before fire gets there. And there's this kid who's passed out on her couch from either taking Xanax and alcohol or something. He's like, he, she's like, he won't wake up. So I give him the chest rub, you know that, right? It wakes anybody the up. sternum rub. Sternum rub. I get him to move and like swap my hand away. So I know he's not dead. So I'm waiting for fire to get there. And in the meantime, I'm looking around the apartment and here's her four-year-old daughter playing with a Rubik's Cube. It's four in the morning. And here's her nine-year-old son playing a video game. It's four in the morning. Maybe and, the uh, early risers. I, I go up to the little girl, and I'm like, hi, honey, why are you awake? And she's like, I was watching The Lion King. My brother shot himself in the head. 
All right. And then the, I said to the kid, why are you up at four in the morning? He goes, I don't like going to bed. I'm like, all right, parent of the year. Fair enough. I was disgusted. <clears throat> I just wanted to take all the kids away from her. She already I lost one. I take a kid away this week. Or, oh, yeah, good. This week. It's sad, but good. Because they don't deserve them. Well, I took it from one parent to the other parent. You gave it to the other I'm, parent. I'm not sure the other parent's much better than the first parent, but he had the court order that said, give the kid. Okay. Yeah, so. And that, like, broke my heart. Because she's, like, crying, crying, crying. And then she's, Daddy! Aww. I'm like, oh, oh, that's great. Yeah. So then I came home and, like, sat in my youngest daughter's room and just, like, stared at her in the rocking chair. I'm like. Yeah. <sighs> well, Friday Anyways, morning ended. Yeah, sorry. Friday night <laughs> ended on Saturday morning, as it usually does. Any time a night, a morning follows a night. And uh, Gio got a call for an unresponsive mail. So I knew the address. It sounded familiar. And I figured he'd need an ET to do some photography work for him. So I flew over there. And as soon as I walked in the house, I'm like, oh, this is so-and-so's house. And uh, the guy was 59, hard drinker, smoker. I've known him for 20 years. Uh, he's had been a problem. But I played baseball with his kid, softball. And his his ex-wife works for our our village for the, at the community center. She was on our softball team as well. She's, she's been a friend for 20 years and her kid. So the stepmom was like freaking out. And I'm like, I don't have the kid's number anymore. I lost my switched phones. So I got it from her. She's leaving him a message. Your dad's dead. I'm like, holy shit. That's not the message you want to leave on the phone. Give me the no, phone. You don't, you don't make that. Don't do that. No. What is that? So finally she called him back and she said, what are your police officer friends is here? So she hands me the phone. And I said, I heard the last message your stepmom left you. Um, can you come over here to the house? You know, your your dad passed away. I'm sorry. He's like, all right, I'll be right over. I said, I can't reach your mom. Can you shoot her a message too? He's like, yeah, I'll give her a call. So they came, they showed up. I shot the scene and stuff for Gio. And then I stuck around for these two to, to show up because I know them. And uh, one of the hardest things to do in our job is those notifications. It's always bad even when you don't know the people to tell them a loved one died. But when you know the people, you know, it hits a little bit harder. So, um, and I was already feeling emotional that week during the week because of, you know, Drew and stuff. So we had that. Um, all I wanted to get was breakfast on Saturday night <laughs> into Sunday morning. I, <laughs> I grabbed my bagel and my, my strawberry frosted donut from Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm driving back to the station. Simpsons I'm not in my I'm not in my zone. I'm in the other zone. And on the street is a car right in the middle of the road, just sitting there with its hazards on, and I'm like, Oh, should I turn right at this block before I get to this car? It's like, you know, early in the morning, there's no traffic out. Can I yeah. totally avoid the vehicle? And then the call comes out and Danny <laughs> has to handle it, or should I just not be a dick? So I pulled up behind it, and I saw that the front right tire was facing in the opposite direction, like that way. Yeah, it was turned to the right. And I looked at the rim. I walked up on the passenger side. There's two people in the car, and I look at the rim. It's all scuffed up and damaged. And then I looked behind me, one block behind me, our road jogged slightly to the left, right there at that, at that street. And Missed every fucking drunk driving through town much. hits that. Yeah, we have... <laughs> Probably a hundred incidents a year where a drunk hits that curb. 
So I, the guy on the passenger side rolls down the window, he's hammered. I look at the driver. He's on his phone trying to get a tow. So what happened? Driver's like, I don't know, man. I blew a tire. I go, blew a tire? You hit that curb right there. That's what you did. And I looked at his buddy. I go, where are you guys coming from? Are you going home for the night? It's like, you know, 6 in the morning. He's like, yeah, man. This guy was right. I go, you're bombed. I look at the driver. How about you? Had anything to drink? No. <laughs> I'm like, maybe. I'm like, uh, just, just water. I go, you know. It was clear at least. Right. You know how I know you're drunk? You hit that curb. Every drunk hits that curb. <laughs> and, he, and his buddy goes, he did, he's not drunk. He's just not from around here. I'm right. like, okay. How about I just get you a, how about I don't do a crash report and I get you a tow and you're fucked and you have to deal with all the costs on your own and I don't have to arrest anybody. So that, I like I just, that. I got him a tow and that's when I, I put on Instagram on my stories, those two handicapped fucking tow truck drivers. Oh God. Those were the tow truck guys. The guy in the crutches. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other retired behind them trying to hook up a rope somewhere. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck those guys were doing. My buddy Troy was uh, off, so he he's a great tow truck driver, but he's got these two handy, not capable people that show up all the time, and they, they take a 10-minute tow, and they turn it into 40 minutes. And I had to deal with them all weekend. Every crash scene we had, <laughs> they, these two idiots show up. I'm like, oh, my God. Frickin' frack. Yeah, so then I just had, uh, of course, Sunday into Monday morning ends at the, one of our busiest intersections and I, at 6 o'clock in the morning when you're supposed to be winding down, take the major crash at this major intersection, and it's me. And then, of course, the guy's from Mexico. He's got no fucking license. and I got So I had to work overtime into Monday morning. So it gave me a chance to go in and talk to the chief because uh, my niece is coming up this week from Florida, and she asked me if she could do a ride-along. And I'm like, yeah, well, we don't really do it anymore, so I have to ask, you know. So... On um, Monday morning, I asked my uh, s- former sergeant, who's now a lieutenant, and he's in charge of uh, investigations. I said, I asked him, hey, can I have my niece do a ride-along with me? He goes, you know, they stopped that. I go, yeah, I know. And he's like, the chief That's doesn't I'm like asking. him. I'm like, well, he goes, you're going to have to ask the chief because I'm fucking sick of this place, and I want to get the fuck out of here. I don't want to talk Jeez. to these people anymore. So I'm like okay, now I got to see the chief. So it turned out since I got stuck on overtime on Monday morning, I was able to go into the chief's office. So I asked him about the um, ride along and he's like, we don't do ride alongs anymore. I said, no, no, I know, but it's just my niece and she's a dispatcher and she wants to enter the police academy in Florida. Like you guys can do in California. You can just go to the police academy. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, you know, we really don't do ride alongs anymore. I go, yeah, yeah, you told me. I said, you know, I, I wrote that. Po- I wrote that policy. I wrote the ride along policy like 20 years ago. I said, it's a good policy. Why don't why don't you do it? And his response was, I just don't like it. And I and I said to him, is it because of Jeremy? One of our guys did a ride along with some young student. She was 19 or 20, whatever. She was a college student. Yeah, he did. She's now his wife. She became yeah, a Chicago copper. Then she be- she left Chicago and went up north to one of the high fluty tooty suburbs but they're married so i'm thinking the chief thinks that something happened in the squad car they probably that's what they, did that's what the chief would do <laughs> i'm thinking i mean it may not be so a any, smart man but yeah i can put but two and two together two and two together so anyways he finally said yes so my niece is coming up on thursday she's gonna do a ride along with me for a few hours maybe four hours that'll be fun and uh then i told him that i'm looking to get a job and get out of there and I said, I hate to dump this on you, but 
I had an interview on Thursday and I'm waiting to hear back. He's like, all right. He goes, I want you to stay. And I go, I want to stay too, but I want to stay when I go on. I want to be on days. So we had that whole discussion. And uh, he's like, all right, just keep me, keep me in, in tune. So the, the uh, interview was for the community relations supervisor position of this uh, really nice suburb. And you, you run the CSOs, you train and schedule the CSOs, you handle all the crossing guards, they report to you, you uh, oversee the property evidence stuff, at, which is run by a, uh, a sworn personnel. You also, like I said before, oversee the social media stuff. Uh, then you also, the main uh, part of the job is you are a conduit from the community to the police department. So you represent the police department. One of the questions in the interview was if one of the synagogues gets tagged and the, you know, the leaders are feeling unsafe, what do you do? One of them was you have a CSO who's continually late, uh, all that stuff. There was only six questions, I think. But when I walked in, it was the chief, deputy chief, some commander, and the HR person. So I introduced myself to the chief, and I congratulated him on his one-year anniversary at the police department because he came from Chicago to be their chief, and it was just in April. And then I gave him each a packet of stuff with my management experience in it and ideas I had for the police department. And then when we were going over some of that stuff, one of the things I suggested to the chief was a monthly podcast, just the chief's show where he can address issues going on in the village and answer questions and stuff from residents and that kind of stuff. And his eyes lit up, you know, he really liked that. He goes, I'm looking for new ideas. We have the same boring ideas. I'm looking for some fresh ideas. We have the same like, crappy ideas. Slow <laughs> turns to this colleague. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guys who have been here for years. Uh, so that that was kind of, I felt good about that, you know, that he actually was interested in doing that, and he liked some of the ideas I had. But then I told him, I said, you know, here's a mistake I think they made. I saw the guy leaving before me. He walked right past me. They shouldn't be scheduled so closely together, right? I know they want to knock him out, but you should never see the other contestants is what I'm calling them, applicants. <laughs> he did say when I first walked in, he's like, we've had 90 applicants. Jeez. We're only interviewing four people. So I made, I made the top four, which was the final a compliment. Four. The final four. Uh, so it went well, I guy. think. I'm going to say he was in his 60s because he had gray hair, but he could, I mean... All right, so could you be, probably have him on age. Might have him on age. Uh, he's probably, though, like a city planner or city manager or something. Because um, nah, I said to the chief, I'm like, he goes, you know, we only, we're only interviewing four people. And I said, yeah. I said, oh, wow, um, I'm, I'm honored. Uh, I said, I saw the last guy walk out with bags of experience under each arm. Kind of <laughs> laughed. <laughs> I said, uh, so anyways, we'll see. They said by Friday, which had just passed, or midweek the latest, which would be tomorrow. And either way, I just want to know because I need to move on and either keep applying for other jobs. Well, yeah, or... I mean, there's always that built-up anxiety anytime you apply for a position anywhere. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, 26 years old going for your first right. real job or if you're, you know, 56 going for the thing that, you know, is going to kind of ride you out. To the sunset. Until you, no longer, until you no longer want to work. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm humbled and honored that I was one of the four people they interviewed. but, And it was nice to get some feedback. And if I don't get hired, I'm going to sell them a flag or four. Uh, <laughs> one for the department and one for each guy. <laughs> uh, 
you know, I can look at it that way, and then I can ask him where did I go wrong in the interview. That's or not whatever. brown paint on that flag, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So uh, that was my week in, in law enforcement and personal life stuff. And I'm looking at my notes for housekeeping. And last week you were making housekeeping. Uh, two things. One, I asked you in the pre-show, and you said you had mentioned you wanted me to do a YouTube video on something, and I asked you what that was, and you said you want me to show you how I do my badges, badges. on my flags, yeah. patches and badges. So I'll do that. and then, So I can rip that off. Of course. <laughs> you have to pay me each time you use one. No, no, I'm not doing that. That's the rule. I don't no. make the rules. <sighs> it's, it's in the Geneva Conventions. I don't have to do it. <laughs> okay. It's, it's yeah, written in there. The other housekeeping issue came from last week's episode when I was focusing the camera. <laughs> so you're like, you're like, I don't know why he keeps doing this or why is he focusing in so tight? So just so you know, and this, should, this works with any kind of SLR camera or a studio camera in news or in sports casting or in news settings, this, the anchor sits down and holds up a piece of white paper first, right? And then the camera guy zooms in on the white paper, you white balance your camera that way. Then they pull back out. Then the anchor sets the piece of paper down and the cameraman zooms all the way into their face and then fine tunes that because this is where you want the camera focused, not behind you, not here in front of you. It has to be right where you're sitting. So that was the purpose of that focusing in on Grogu because that's where I would be sitting. So now I'm all in focus and everything else is not sharp at focus. So that's that. I taught you something today. You don't have to go to school tomorrow. You're welcome. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> All right. On to the uh, law I, enforcement. I have, a, I have a housekeeping thing. Actually, oh, no, okay. it, can, it can wait for the woodworking. Housekeeping. Stuff, it's, more, it's more related to that. Okay. Not so much uh, law enforcement stuff. On to the law enforcement officer memor- down memorial page, which can be found at odmp.org if anybody wants to follow along. It looks like it was a, a good week, except for a, a few people. I'm going to mention two that I don't think were on here when we recorded last week, because you know how they add a few later on. Mm-hmm. So um, the first one will be... As well. Oh, okay. I didn't go down that far, but I'm glad you saw that. Of the Ohio County Sheriff's Office in Kentucky. I always find that weird. It's in Kentucky, but it's called the Ohio Sheriff's Office. Ohio County. Uh, Deputy Sheriff James Jerry Critchlow. End of watch was April 20th, 2022. He suffered a heart attack while directing traffic on Route 231 in front of Ohio County High School. He drove himself to a medical facility after experiencing the symptoms. He passed a short time later. 43 years of service, 13 with the Ohio County Sheriff's Office as the SRO. He also served with the Kentucky State Police for 30 years. He's survived by his wife, daughters, granddaughters, mother, and siblings. That is a man who dedicated his entire life to law enforcement. The KC Police Department in South Carolina Police Officer Andrew Barr, end of watch April 24th, 2022. Police Officer 
Drubar was shot and killed as he and other officers responded to a domestic disturbance call at a home at about 2.45 a.m. The officers encountered a man in the front yard who opened fire on them, fatally wounding Officer Barr. The man then barricaded himself inside of the home until committing suicide seven hours later. Officer Barr had served with the KC Police Department for six years and was assigned to the K-9 Division. He also served as a captain with the Mineta Volunteer Fire Department. Officer Barr had previously been shot and wounded in the line of duty after being ambushed following a vehicle pursuit of a stolen car on May 27, 2017. He was 28 years old, served six years. Knox County Sheriff's Office in Illinois, Deputy Sheriff Nicholas D. Wiest, April 29, 2022, was his End of watch. He was struck and killed by a vehicle as he deployed spike strips during a vehicle pursuit of an armed subject. Officers from the Galesburg Police Department had responded to a call involving an armed subject at a local gas station at about 8 a.m. The man fled in a vehicle and the Galesburg officers initiated a pursuit. Deputy Wiest was deploying spike strips on U.S. Route 150 in Henry County when the vehicle struck him. Subject's vehicle then crashed into a field and he was taken into custody after a brief foot pursuit. Deputy Weiss had served with the Knox County Sheriff's Office for four years and previously served with the Mercer County's Sheriff's Department and the Alito Police Department. He served 10 years total and is survived by his wife, two children, mother, father, and sister. And then East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Office in Louisiana, Corporal Nick Tullier, end of watch May 5th, 2022. Corporal Nick Tuller succumbed to injuries sustained six years earlier when he was ambushed by a subject outside a convenience store before 9 a.m. Officers had received a report of a subject walking along the roadway carrying a rifle. As responding officers arrived in the area, they were ambushed by the subject. Corporal Tuller was critically wounded. Deputy Sheriff Brad Garofaloa of the East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Office, Corporal Montrell Jackson and Police Officer Matthew Gerald, both of the Baton Rouge Police Department, were shot and killed. Two other officers were wounded. The subject was shot and killed by other responding officers. Officer Tullier is survived by his parents, his two sons, two brothers, and five nephews. Now for the canines. Okay, from the Franklin County Sheriff's Office in North Carolina, canine major. End of watch, Sunday, April 10th, 2022. A canine major was shot and killed while attempting the apprehension of an armed su- robbery suspect in Greenville County, North Carolina. A subject involved in an armed carjacking of a vehicle the previous afternoon was located hiding in the crawl space of a home on Richard Lane in Oxford. Members of the Greenville County Sheriff's Office established a perimeter around the home and requested assistance from the Franklin County Sheriff's Office. Canine Major was released into the crawl space to apprehend the suspect. 
The man fired two shots at K-9 Major with an AK-47 rifle, killing him before exiting the crawl space and surrendering. K-9 Major had served with the Franklin County Sheriff's Office for three years. And from the El Paso County Sheriff's Office in Colorado, K-9 Jinx was killed on Monday, April 11th, 2022. K-9 Jinx was shot and killed when responding to the call of a person brandishing a firearm at the 900 block of Manitou Avenue in Manitou Springs at 11 p.m. When El Paso County Sheriff's Office deputies and Manitou Springs police officers arrived on the scene, shots were exchanged. Jinx was killed on the scene. The suspect was shot and killed. Jinx was three years old and had been a police canine for two years. And that's tough. Yep. Too bad that first fucker with the AK-47 didn't die. Yeah, I mean... Fuck, he's gonna, he's gonna give up. <laughs> Why shoot the fucking dog? Well, nobody wants to get bit. Just come out. Fuck. Don't don't commit armed carjackings. I'm just saying it's a thought. Brandon, you can't tell criminals not to commit crimes because it's their right oh, to commit crimes. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is that a right? It's the right to commit crimes? Well, I mean, if it brings you happiness, you could argue, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. They're pursuing their happiness. <laughs> okay. I, I'm outside the box. Outside the box. Yeah, thinking outside the box. I hope thinking Just, outside the box gets me a job. Yeah. Anyways, on to the woodworking portion of the show. Where we work with wood, but not our wood. Because that would be well, wrong. That would be <laughs> wrong. Wood. Yuck, yuck, yuck. So you got a big countertop pour coming up. Yeah, yeah. My first ever time working with epoxy. No big deal. <laughs> Nothing like jumping right in. <laughs> Fuck it. Like I think I mentioned wow. it in the pre-show. Is like, you don't ever do anything half-assed. You get the whole ass or no ass at all. And Well, moderation is for cowards. <laughs> Good luck. So, yeah. Uh, tomorrow I am picking up three full sheets of MDF and cutting them to fit over the existing cabinets. Then I'm going to make a little dam out of some painter's tape. Then I'm going to pour a shit ton of epoxy over it. Yeah, you are. And then I'm going to hope for the best. Cross your fingers. I'm scared. <laughs> if you're, so I used to tell my wife, if you're scared, call the police. You yeah, are the police. That's, I am the police. <laughs> so uh, today we finished up demo. Uh, it was kind of an impromptu thing. Because I forgot that I took Tuesday and Wednesday off this week, so I had a five-day weekend. Surprise! Yeah. I mean, it's a happy surprise. So That's a good we, surprise. Uh, we did Mother's Day and everything, and then came back uh, Sunday night, and then Monday we started on the drive back from my mom's house, because we went and saw my mother-in-law and then my mom, and then drove home. On the drive back, we were talking to you, knew, going, oh, I mean, I got, we got three days we could get pretty far. Like, maybe not all the way done, but we could get pretty far. Yeah. And so, Monday morning, we grabbed our hammers and pry bars and went to town. Everyone gets a hammer and everyone gets a pry bar. 
everyone got a hammer, everyone got a pry bar, and the kids helped out. And they're like, wait, we get, I handed them a hammer, I go, hit this. And they're like, what? You, you sure? Yeah, hit it. Uh, okay. Only Bam. this time. Only this one time. Don't and do I it mean, in a week or two. Yeah, and they laid into it, and they're like, this is awesome. So they got Finally, to they out. get to do some demo stuff. Yeah, and they're really bummed today when we finished it off, and they're like, all right, what can I hit next? I'm like, yeah, we're done. We're done with hitting. Go, go hit that wall. Yeah, he, you you hit things now, and I'm gonna hit you back. <laughs> Don't make more work for Dad. Yeah, so I was really surprised because I was fully anticipating having to replace all the drywall, and there's really like maybe one or two spots I'm gonna need to put small patches, and but for the most part it came off very clean, so Excellent. I'm very happy. Um, uh, ran ran into a, a small. <laughs> a small hiccup today uh, when it came time to do the plumbing and I mentioned it in the Instagram live and I'll mention it here it's a public service announcement for all of you that live in places with hard water your house is probably equipped with a water softener for the love of all things holy use it what happens if you don't buy the salt put it in there it's really simple you hit the little gin button if you haven't used it in a long time fill it up with the salt thing from the local home center it's not that expensive. Fill it all the way up. There's a little button on your thing. It should say like Jen or something like that. Push that. And then leave it alone. Just make sure it keeps getting filled up. Because if you don't, here's what's going to happen to you. What happens? There's going to be a bunch of calcium and a bunch of shit that just builds up on your uh, like sinks. Like shit? Or? Well, not like no. shit shit, but like crap. Like, okay. like just gunk. Is going to build up on your shower heads, your faucets, and in your pipes. And then eventually you're going to, like, hey, I kind of want to switch something out. I don't like this sink from 97. It's 2022. And you're going to go and you're going to turn the knob to shut off the water to the faucet. And it's going to spin. And you're going to think, like, yeah, it's kind of spinning kind of free and easy. Eh, whatever. Not going to worry about it. It's to the off position. I hit the thing for the faucet. No water is coming out. I have succeeded in turning off the water. And you're going to go and you're going to loosen that supply line. Then what happens? And then you're going to see some drips and you're going to be like, oh, it's residual water that's in the uh, in the supply line. It's totally normal. And then you're going to get that thing just loose enough. Just loose enough for the pressure that's built up in that valve. Yeah. To force that son of a bitch off. And you are going to eat about five, six gallons in just in the face. And you're going to have to wear it. Where? Where is it going to hit you? In the face. Yeah. In the face. And you're going to have a brief moment of panic. And you're going to go, oh, God. My cabinets are going to be ruined. Yeah. The wall is going to be ruined. The floor. I mean, at least it was a tile floor, so like that's yeah, going to be easier to clean up. Yeah. But you're going to have a brief moment of panic, and you're going to be like, I have got to get this fitting back on this valve before all hell breaks loose. And you're going to try to get it on there, and the water pressure is going to blow that thing out of your hand, and you're going to try to put it on, you're going to blow it out of your hand. And then finally, you are going to be so overcome 
with rage. Yes. Pure, unadulterated rage. That you're going to take that fitting in your hand and you're going to shove it on top of that valve so hard that the water is going to stop. That's amazing. And then you're going to tighten that son of a bitch down. And then for about 10 minutes after, the only word that will come out of your mouth or go through your brain is fuck. I'd be so mad. I was furious. (laughs) I think I broke my record for consecutive fucks said. And that's no small thing. So thankfully, I was the only one home. Everyone else has had dentist appointments. Called a plumber. Um, yeah. Oh, call because a plumber. I, I, and, and I, I put a lot of this on Instagram because it was kind of how I decided to deal with it. I was going to share it with the world. And <laughs> Sharing is caring. Yeah. And then you get people that are like, why didn't you just go to the main to the house and shut off the water there? And that's a great question. I'm really glad you asked that. And I'll tell you why. Um, I've been looking for the main for two years. I found it. That might be the first thing I try and find when I move into a house. I was one of the first things I tried to find. Um, I just can't find it. Like I I figured like, okay, it's around here somewhere. Like it's going to pop up one of these days randomly. I don't do a lot of plumbing work. I don't see the need for it right away in case of emergency. Yes, but we'll burn that bridge when we get there. Too late then. Yeah, I know. I'm a emergency. Where's the bridge? Kind of I don't know where the valve is. Should have found it. I'm just going to shove this fitting on top of it and hold it there until you know the end of time. So I call a plumber because I hate plumbing already, and this didn't do much to help that. So he comes out and he's like, "Where's your water main?" Well, that's a good fucking question. I'm hoping you can help me out with that. <laughs> He looks around. And goes, Use yeah, your water sh- tracking device and find it. Yeah, I don't know. You should know this shit, right? Uh, and he looks around. And goes, yeah, it should be, should be like right here. But there's just this, the dirt walk path up to the, up to your gate. Like, yeah, I know. He goes, I wonder if, I wonder if I got buried. Oh, shut the fuck up. There's no way. There's no way. Nobody would be dumb enough. To bury that. But you forget what profession you work in. You're right. I know. Always dumb people out there. He's poking around. Tunk. Yeah. I found it. Wow. He was poking around in the right place. Yeah. There's a reason that guy makes 95 bucks an hour. He could have been poking around like 15 yards away from there and not hit anything. Apparently. Apparently. And I didn't know this. I. Because who really looks at curbs? When I look at a curb, I'm looking for a house number. Um, that's funny. I just look at the house for house numbers, but go ahead. Well, I mean, a lot of the houses where I work, they don't put it on the house. Okay. Or it's so worn out. You can't see it. So sometimes the street is the more reliable thing. I wish we did that. So on the curb, there's actually like a W imprinted into it for water, for water. He goes, yeah, he goes, wherever this W is, it should be pretty close to that so if you just kind of follow that line up that kind of sends you in the right direction so if you live in california look at your curb if you can't find your main look at the curb there's w look for the w walk to just walk straight start poking around so we found Hmm. that 
got it shut off. He swapped out the valves. And uh, we got, I got the sink ripped out and the garbage disposal Excellent. taken off the sink and cleaned out. And there's actually a pretty funny video in my stories of <laughs> uh, Annie cleaning out the garbage disposal. Because a bunch of tile oh. and grout and stuff fell in there. Oh, you didn't just put something over the drain? Like no, that, that, a smart person would have done that, Mike. <laughs> what do we know about me? I just do things, and then right. I go, I probably should Deal with the consequences that. later. Yeah. So she grabbed the shop vac and just stuck it in <laughs> and started nice. vacuuming up all the shit. Awesome. Good idea. So, I mean, hey, it's, I didn't want to reach my hand in there, and I'm sure right. she didn't want to Ooh. either. So, that was how it got cleaned out. She's just sitting there with a shop vac, just eh, getting everything around. Like, eh, whatever. And, uh, but yeah, the kitchen's completely demoed, and tomorrow we start building up the new counters and pouring this weekend, hopefully, as long as everything goes according to plan, which, you know. Aside from the small hiccup today, everything has gone pretty smooth. Yeah. It's a All very right, little drywall work they got to do and some uh, easy going straight line apo- or cuts on MDF. And it, it, I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> I've learned something from Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. Have you seen the movie? Yes. Okay. So, like MJ always says, expect disappointment, and you'll never be disappointed. Exactly. I expected this to be... I expected to have to rip out all of the drywall where the backsplash was. I expected the counters, or everything underneath the counters, to be just a nightmare. But the tile came off the wall very nicely. Good. The tile came up off of the cabinets very nicely and in large chunks. That was the really thing, the really big thing that saved. I think we pulled off all, I think it's 74 square feet okay. of countertop. And I think we pulled it off in six pieces. Wow. So there was so a we plywood were, so base? We were hauling. Yeah. So in the big peninsula portion that we have, because we have like a, it's like a U shape. Okay. And we'll just call north the the flat portion of the u so in the north portion we have the sink to the west we have the um oven and stove and then over to the east is just this large peninsula it's like three feet wide and then we have like another small kind of coffee bar almost things kind of off to the south and i think for the coffee bar thing and the small portion next to the um, stove, we were able to get those off in just one piece. And then excellent. the main peninsula came off in two. The sink portion came off in three. So it worked out really, really nicely. Even the plumber was like, how long you guys been doing? Or how long did you guys been doing this? Like, we started yesterday. He goes, wow, you guys are doing a really good job. <laughs> Wow, good. I go, yeah, other than the this. water issue. Other than yeah, the but that wasn't your fault. <laughs> no, that was so. me fixing other people's mistakes. Yeah. So, But that's really all I have going on. I need to build a um, cookbook stand for my stepmom, Janet, 
Uh, I don't think I'm going to get that done before we leave to go see them at the end of the month. Just cookbook because, stand? It's to sit on yeah. a countertop or something? Yeah. Oh, and they the just put a cookbook, and open it? Your, yeah, you put your cookbook there. Okay. And you can, yeah, that's cool. Or your iPad with a recipe on it? Yeah, you can, same thing. Okay. Um, I would love to get it done in time for our trip, but I'm not going to put that kind of pressure. pressure on me to get it done because I, I got to get this kitchen as close to done as I can Yeah. over the cool. next weekend or two. So that's pretty much all I have going on. Right. It's just uh, that and uh, actually looked into and working towards getting a seller's permit for the state of California so I can start doing things legitimately. Yeah, does that cost anything? No, I just have to set up stuff with the state and it's a pain in the okay. ass and I don't like it. California. And I have to keep joke. track of sales tax. Okay. I haven't looked into that if I go to a flea market or something. I'm not yeah, really sure. I'm, there, there's a lot of vendor shows around here. There's like, oh, you got to have a seller's permit uh, to work with, um, I think it's JDS Supply. Uh, they have a lot of tumblers and stuff, like a lot of laser engravable things. Um, to work with them and to get it wholesale from them, you have to have a uh, seller's permit or reseller's permit. Okay. Uh, so I would like to use some of their stuff. So I got to go through and get all this done. And if I sell it, great. If I don't, then I pretty much the only time I have to worry about sales tax is if I do a market okay. or something like that because Etsy factors all that stuff in and pays the state on my behalf. Right. I just sold an Etsy thing. I know we it's were talking about it last week about keeping both. I haven't, but I haven't sold anything since since Easter. Like those empty tombs were a huge hit, so I'm going to keep those up. Um, I'm going to start offering some more signs. I'm kind of I'm trying to get that process really dialed in. Uh, to where they come out looking really nice. Yeah, I got a bunch of cool sign ideas, but uh, I just need time. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> I, and what I've been just inundated with in my shop time is this kitchen island build. So I'm staring at it right now. It's in, The camera's resting up inside of the island. <laughs> so last night, I, uh, I last week, I did the uh, stretchers to connect the panels. And then I built the base out, put the shelf in it this week, the bottom shelf. Last night I put the center support uh, wall or whatever you want to call it inside of it. So I'm at the point now where I can do shelves, two shelves, one on each side. And I had talked to the client initially about a floating shelf system. So I got the Craig jig floating shelf jig. And last night I marked up where I want, because I don't want to do the whole, the whole center panel with Shelf pin holes, that doesn't make any sense because you're not going to ha- yeah. have it that high up or that low. You know what I mean? So I made a portion, like a third of the center of the end panels and the center panel where I would do these shelf pins. And I'm excited to use the jig because I bought it like three years ago and never used it. But I, before I started drilling holes, I went on to some woodworking websites and read, should I drill the holes before or after finishing painting? Because if you put the holes in and then you paint, you might get paint in the holes. So it, people said either or. It didn't really matter. You can clean out the holes with a dowel if you do paint, you know, afterwards. I don't want to paint it and then do it because you might mar the finish, the paint. Yeah. Right? If you're putting the jig on it for that. So I'm really at kind of at a standstill for the inside of the van or the uh, island. The client decided she did want me to decorate the outside. So I'm going to 
get some quarter inch MDF and I'll uh, panel it up all the way around. And I had pre-cut mistake, pre-cut the face frame wood. Number of reasons it's a mistake. One, the length of the vanity, what it was supposed to be and what it actually is, is different. And then I had pre-cut it to just sit on the face and not worry about any trim that's on the side. But now that I'm going to have trim on the sides, I want the face frame to cover that, obviously, so you don't have end, you know, end, end grain, if you will, whatever you want to call it yeah. for MDF. So now I've got all this pre-cut, a three-inch piece of poplar, 72 inches long, and a four-inch piece because the four-inch was going to be on the bottom and a three-inch on the top. But even the four-inch, I miscalculated because now that it's built, I need it to be four and a quarter inches. So I got a, a long mm. piece of four-inch poplar that I can't use for the base anymore of the face frame. So I have to get more poplar for that. And then also, remember we were going to do legs at the corners when they set yeah, the, the posts. top. Right. I've talked her into corbels because it's only a 12-inch overhang. So I did some research, and I found a bunch of decorative corbels that you can install. Yeah. Instead of having the posts. So I was actually going to make some out of just poplar. I found this very simple design that I could cut out on the CNC and just glue like four of them together. Cause I think they have to be three and a half to four inches wide. So they have some strength, you know? So while I'm waiting on that, she said she was going to start looking for corbels. That also means I can't finish the face frame because the face frame uh, styles on the on the ends of the of the um, face frame were only going to be an inch and a half wide. Well, now if I'm putting a corbel up there, that's three and a half inches wide. The face frame has to be wider than that on those ends, the sides, which means you're going to have thinner doors because there's going to be four doors. And then once you have that end door, there's going to be once you get inside the cabinet to the right or the left, depending on what side you're on, there's going to be a setback from the face frame to the, you know, the interior edge. Instead of normally being a, an inch, it's probably going to be three inches of space in there from the edge of the face frame to the inside of the cabinet. So all these things are going into play now, and I'm, I'm glad that she's very patient. She sent me a swatch of the paint that she wants from where she got it so I can just go to, that, to Menards and scan that paint that she wanted with the mm -hmm. swatch she sent me a picture of, so I get the exact yeah. color she needs. I don't have to wait for her to send me paint or anything like that, so I can go pick that up. So I was hoping to have the shelving done this week, but it, you know, I return to work tomorrow. So maybe on the weekend, if she gets back to me, I can. I'd like to put in permanent shelves because I don't know anyone that moves shelves around in lower base cabinets anymore. Normally, you just have a set height. I thought it would be a cool we've, option. We've moved them a couple times, like if we... I think when we rearranged some stuff, when we put like the uh, the KitchenAid mixer. Okay. So you have below, one to, cabinet that's adjust them. adjustable shelving? Or you have a yeah, few? I think all of our lowers are, are oh. adjustable shelves. Okay. But they, I don't think we've ever moved them. Uh, in the pantry okay. that I built, we have adjustable, right. fully adjustable shelves the entire length, all yeah. like four or five bays. Okay. I can um, see that in a pantry because you're going to, you can decide what yeah, you, yeah, sizes you and, want. And I think it's changed like two or three times, but we have it in a configuration that we like now. All right. But a lot of times, and it's the same thing with, if we switch back to law enforcement for a second, like I have an outer carrier vest with Molly on it. Yeah. So that I can put pouches where I want them. 
and right. I can adjust things to find an optimal setup. Um, like other people have them sewn in. I'm like, well, you, now you're married to that. Right. Versus like, say, you know, I do something to my shoulder and I can't reach something, you know, without pain. Well, now I can Move adapt to that injury and still be effective. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's a little bit of a dramatic. No, it, it makes sense. I mean, I don't, but that's the idea behind having like I an thought, adjustable shelf and right being a custom build. You might want adjustable shelving because you might yeah. want to move some stuff around. Uh, so we'll see. How many what times she says. do we get something custom and go? Ah, oh, man, I really don't like it this way. I wish I could adjust this that much. I mean, it happens all the time. I have decided to make the shelves out of poplar. So they're not just plywood where I'd have to edge band them and paint them. I think poplar is yeah. going to be a, a better choice for them. I was going to do, I quoted it as melamine, a melamine shelf, but yeah. I'm going to do poplar. I don't care. I'm going to take a little bit of a hit on the my final um, money that I make on the job, but it'll be a nicer piece, and I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so I got that going on. And then one last thing was I was looking for a full-size drill press. Mm-hmm. So my my buddy Marty at Red Lake Woodshop had sent me a Facebook Marketplace ad last week in reference to a drill press he found. He knew I was looking for one. And uh, so I called this. I don't know if I, we spoke about it. They sold yeah, the did. drill. Yeah. So I went and yeah. actually picked up a different one. Yeah. I had to drive an hour up to this place called Beach Park, and it's just north of a city called Waukegan, which is a shithole. So... I mistakenly ate and drank something on the way up there. <laughs> so I'm getting up into Waukegan area, and now I got to pee really bad. And this is not a place you just pull over and pee. Uh, I probably stick out like a sore thumb, for one. And uh, I'm looking for a McDonald's or something, and I can't find. There's nothing but desolate warehouses and broken down houses. And I'm like, oh, boy. Where am I going? <laughs> so I finally found a gas station that didn't look too shady. And I was able to get gas and take a leak outside because they have an outdoor bathroom. They won't let anyone pee inside. You got to go outside with a key. So I'm like head on a swivel, got my gun on. I'm looking around, you know, made it out of there alive. I get to the house. The guy gives me an address like 532, whatever the street name is. I show up. There's no 532. I'm like, there's 530. There's 534. There's no 532. And I'm like looking around, I'm like, the fuck? Does this guy not know where? The guy who's selling the tools is selling them for a friend. And yeah. that friend's mom has said tools. So um, I call the guy, I'm like, dude, I'm on the street, but there's no address. The address you gave me does not exist. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm sitting out in front of someone's house. I'm going to call the cops soon in my tinted windows in my pickup truck. He's like, I look for a garbage can and a beat up white pickup. I pulled the garbage can, put it on the street because it's not garbage night, but it, I thought it would be, a, I would remember where it's at. It's on the opposite side of the street. So I happen to be sitting in front of that house too, but he just had the wrong address. So I pull in, I'm waiting for him. We load this drill press. It's a Craftsman 10-speed full drill press. Maybe was used, I might have five hours of use on it. If it had an hour meter. It's older but it's in pristine condition. And then it came with belts. The guy gave me belts and there was a manual. Yeah. So me and this guy loaded up and then he says to me, Hey, uh, he's got a storage unit three miles from here with more tools. Want to go take a look? I'm like, fuck it. I'm it's an hour and 15 minute ride from home. I'm here. (laughs) 
Might as well go, yeah. I followed him over to the storage unit, and then uh, I ended up buying, he had a, a big plastic container with probably about 25 spring clamps and some um, ratchet clamps. I gave him 20 bucks for all of those, got like 30 clamps. And then I found a Porter Cable finish nailer, 16-gauge finish nailer, not a Brad nailer, not a um, pin nailer, but a Porter Cable pneumatic finish nailer. I gave him 50 bucks. It's brand new. It's probably like a $200 gun. Yeah. So had a good haul from Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, I'll say. And then, you know, the guy finds out you're a cop. So he's like, I, I own some property and I had this guy who's leaving shit on my. I'm like, oh, here we go. You got a victim. We just went through that whole thing. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. The guy wanted to talk my ear off. He was a nice guy, though. But you should have told him, hey, I'll send you my hourly rate if you want to start asking these questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you don't want that. So two hundred bucks spent, drill press and a porter cable nailer and some clamps and shit. I'm it's still sitting in my garage. My son helped me put the drill press in the garage and I can't get it in the basement without some help. (laughs) So I'm gonna go out there and clean it up. It doesn't need much cleaning. Uh but the 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 uh Allen key that locks the the motor head and everything Mm -hmm. to the pole. That's a little rusted, so I think I'm going to just soak it with WD-40, and I think I can take that whole thing off, and then it's much easier to get downstairs. And take it down in pieces? Yeah, and uh, then I'll polish up this and wax and everything, but I don't really have a place to put it right now down here because it's going to go where my benchtop drill press is, but that's sitting on a bench that needs to be cut down, yeah. and then that can go in there. So I have it when I'm ready to put in there, 150 bucks, great investment. And then I'm going to sell the benchtop drill press. So it might even pay for, you know, the big one, at least two-thirds there of the cost. Yeah. I think I can get a buck twenty for that little drill press. So Absolutely. that's it with me. That's my whole sad week. And <laughs> just waiting to hear about jobs and yeah. all that other stuff. So I got a, I got a helicopter flying into the hospital. That's one thing about our house. We we didn't realize it, and uh, we lived on an Air Force base before this, so we're pretty used to aircraft. In fact, we actually kind of like it. <laughs> um, yeah, we're right in we're right in the flight path for uh, helicopter flight. Yeah, okay. the metal flight coming into the local hospital. I'm fascinated with helicopters. They're pretty I like, cool. I like to be around them when they're landing and taking off and stuff. I've only been around like three in my whole life. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Having been in the Air Force, I'm sure you get to see helicopters a lot more. But we I saw helicopters. I actually got to uh, a lot of training stuff, like deploying out of helicopters. That was fun. That sounds like fun. Is it too late yeah. for me to join the military? Yes. <laughs> Age discrimination. <laughs> yes. God damn it! All right, let's wrap this puppy up, shall we? Okay. We're getting a puppy. Sure. Cool. Like, like you need a puppy. Oh, yeah. speaking I of puppies. I had to talk Annie out of getting a fucking dog. Recently? She had a, yeah, she had a friend like hit her up and say, hey, you know, we're trying to, to find this great, this three-year-old great Paranese, uh, a good home because the owner like kind of neglects it and he gets out and, and she's like, we It's a big dog. That. It's like, we could house that dog. I'm like, we have one. We just lost our other one. Right. Yeah. And now you want two big dogs that are protectors and shed a lot yeah they do 
I'm like, look, you're not thinking it through. You're thinking with your heart. You're not thinking with your head. I mean, you just start thinking with your head. This one. Yeah, this this one up here. You use I, that big old brain of yours and that master's degree. I was hiding in one of our vacant lots that's being remodeled. There's three big buildings and a company just bought it, so they're remodeling. You weren't hiding. You were deterring crime. Right. And I saw, I think the first night, which oh, Saturday night, I saw this cat walking across the parking lot. A pretty big-sized cat. Walks across the park. I hit my flash, my spotlight on him. He doesn't give a shit that I'm there. He doesn't doesn't scare him away. He goes up onto this porch thing, and he's just looking up. There's some bird, a bird nest up there. He's checking it out. Then he just lays down. He's looking at me. And I was talking with a buddy. I'm like, "That's a friendly cat." He goes, "You you don't know that's a friendly cat." And I go, "My wife has been um, housing feral cats for 15 years. Trap some." Get some fixed. We bring kittens in. It's a fucking zoo in my house half the time. <laughs> I know cats. So the next night, I'm there. See the cat. I'm with my buddy. See the cat walk by. Same thing. I start going you know, out the window. It doesn't run off. I hit the microphone, the PA system, clicking the, you know, the key, keying yeah. up on the mic. Doesn't care. I said, 10 bucks, I can go up and pet that cat. It's like, no fucking way. 10 bucks. I'm not betting you, but you can't touch that cat. I'm like, right. I get out. I'm walking up to the cat. He starts meowing at me. Meow, meow, meow. Walks around, comes towards me, goes around the side of the building. Then I just stop. I put my hand out like this. He comes right up to me, petting him, flips over on his back, rubbing his belly, <laughs> meowing. He gets up. He walks between my legs. He's rubbing his head on, on my feet. I walk away. He comes over by me. I spent like 15 minutes with this cat. I videotaped it. I sent it to my wife because she's always <laughs> trapping cats, feral cats. This one would be adopted if I can catch him. He'd let me pick him up and put him in a, in a, in a cage. So she, yeah. she told me, bring him home. Um, we'll find him a house. So I'm going to bring some cat food tomorrow when I go back to work. And uh, he's eating well because the airport's right across the busy highway. Yeah. And then, so it's nothing but airport property all around there. So there's got to be tons of mice and shit out there for him to eat. But uh, I think he was a house cat. And someone let Did him out on the he, 10 bucks or he got it. No, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> so, uh, I think I'll be trying to scoop him up in the next two nights that I work if I can. Uh, but I, I hate to have him sitting in a cage or a, a carrier for like five hours, but, uh, cause I'm seeing him around midnight time. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he's got a routine, you know, so I'll try and grab him and bring him home and then we can get him fixed. And the, my wife works with, a number of uh, nonprofit organizations where they have vets that will spay, neuter uh, the cats for free. And then they they clip their ear so you know that that cat has been fixed. And then she works with a bunch of uh, organizations that foster the cats or kittens. And if they're adoptable like this one, they they get adopted. Nice. So, yeah. So we'll work on it. It'll be part of my fun work. Oh, maybe Thursday night when I have my niece riding with me. We'll go see if we can't trap a there cat. You know. That'd be your this is what police work is about. <laughs> this is cat the mission we're going on. Yeah. <laughs> so if someone wants we, to uh, leave us a, mes- a message or a question. And we don't have any questions? No. Once again, Miss David need, Franklin. We need to call in a welfare check on David. I'm concerned. I think we should. Okay. Well, anyways, if, if anyone else wants to try to 
take David's spot as the uh, number one fan of the show, you can send voice recorded questions to handcuffs and sawdust podcast at gmail.com. You can ask Mike by DMing him at Marazzo Woodworking. You can DM me over at Full House Woodworking. Or you can DM the show over at Handcuffs and Sawdust Podcast. All of it on Instagram. Although I think we're also on Facebook. All of us are on Facebook as well. We, we are. Yeah. But I don't nobody does anything with Facebook, it seems like. Because Nelson set up our Facebook administration page, and I don't know if I have the password. I've been in it a couple okay, times. Don't and like, send things to Handcuffs and Sawdust Podcast <laughs> on Facebook. at Facebook. Right. Just you can do it on Gmail or Gmail. You can do it on Instagram. Do not do right. not do it on Facebook. No, Nelson can't. got a uh, got his master's degree. He graduated. I, really? Yeah. I'm gonna have Congratulations, to. Congratulations, Nelson. Congratulations, Nelson. Woohoo! All right, that's it for me and Brandon. Stay safe in the shop and on the streets. Peace. Deuces.